0: From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. Two months ago, when asked by a reporter from the Washington Post if she'd move to impeach President Trump, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said, He's just not worth it. But this week, she sounded much more open to it.
1: Uh, would you believe that it's important for the, the, to follow the facts? Uh, We believe that no one is above the law, including the president of the United States, and we believe that the president of the United States is engaged in a cover-up.
0: Robert Mueller's report, which detailed possible obstruction of justice, combined with Trump's refusal to cooperate with congressional investigators, has prompted many Democrats to lobby Pelosi to reconsider. Trump says he's done nothing wrong.
2: I just saw that Nancy Pelosi, just before our meeting, made a statement
0: that we believe that the president of the United States is engaged in a cover-up. Well, it turns out I'm the most, and I think most of you would agree to this, I'm the most transparent president probably in the history of this country. One of those who wants to begin impeachment proceedings is Jamie Raskin, a second-term Democrat from Washington's Maryland suburbs. He's a former professor of constitutional law and is now a member of the House Judiciary Committee, which would hold the proceedings. He joins us by phone. And later, I'll talk with Simone Pathé, a roll call politics reporter who wrote this week that House Democrats in competitive seats may be more open to impeachment than previously. Welcome, Congressman Raskin.
1: Well, I'm delighted to
0: be here. Well, Congressman, I'm I'm wondering, you know, it seems the issue of impeachment, which Speaker Pelosi has tried to take off the table, is very much an issue of debate within your caucus. You've been in the meetings. What's the nature of the debate?
1: Actually, there's not much of a debate anymore. Um, Don't say impeachment. Say impeachment inquiry. Okay. Uh, The the press has framed this as yes or no impeachment, and um, impeachment is the end of a process. So... Uh, An impeachment inquiry launches an investigation into whether there have been high crimes and misdemeanors. And obviously, we've already been presented with overwhelming evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors in uh, the special counsel's report. There were 11 different episodes of obstruction of justice that were discussed as the president tried to interfere in an ongoing criminal investigation, which obviously affected him and his family and his political associates.
0: But isn't there a debate over whether to begin the inquiry?
1: Um, I think that, that, yeah, there's a debate as to uh, whether and when to officially launch an inquiry. I think we're all agreed that um, the essential fact investigation needs to go forward. I think most people thought we should wait to call an impeachment inquiry. But when the Trump administration decided under his orders to stop cooperating with all congressional investigations, that in itself became an impeachable offense essentially the obstruction of justice and contempt of congress and so a lot of people have said let's do whatever we need to do now to get it going i think the speaker uh you know has been more cautious about that but yesterday she said that you know we are in the midst of a presidential cover-up and that is an impeachable offense so i think we're all pretty much in the same place which is that we're dealing with the most lawless and reckless president of our lifetime and we're trying to figure out the best series of steps we
0: need to take. So this is indeed an important point, that this goes beyond now the Mueller report, which raised questions of obstruction of the Russia inquiry. But a factor in your mind and other Democrats' mind is Trump's response since then to congressional investigators, his refusal to comply with subpoenas, his refusal to let his former counsel, Don McGahn, testify this week. Is that right?
1: It's unprecedented. I mean, the president— has essentially drawn a curtain down over the executive branch of government and ordered all of his subordinates to stop cooperating with Congress, which uh, they've already started to lose in several court cases about because it's been established from the very beginning of the republic that Congress has a fact-finding power. Uh, This is a slam-dunk legal question, and we're starting to win in these different committees, and we're just going to be getting more and more evidence of other potential high crimes and misdemeanors, such as money laundering uh tax evasion or tax fraud violations of the emoluments clause by collecting hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars from foreign governments at the trump hotel and the trump office tower and so on so but but where all systems go in terms of the congressional investigations and um you know at what point we would launch uh an official impeachment inquiry remains to be seen but i think that uh, we have tremendous unity within our caucus right now about where we need to go.
0: What would the difference between an official impeachment inquiry and these ongoing investigations that you have already?
1: Well, uh, obviously, we've got investigations taking place throughout the House of Representatives on the Ways and Means Committee, the Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee, several other committees. So. It would lend greater intellectual clarity and focus to what specifically we're looking for. But as the evidence rolls in, we will be able to sort out the different uh, kinds of claims that are available to us. You know, we're not going to launch an impeachment inquiry uh, the way that the Republicans did with Bill Clinton, which was basically low crimes and misdemeanors, lying about sex. Um, The Constitution calls us to focus only on serious offenses against the character of our Constitution and our government. So, we're talking about things like bribery, obstruction of justice, abuse of power, contempt of Congress. But unfortunately, we've seen uh, substantial and growing evidence
0: of those things. An impeachment inquiry would be within the Judiciary Committee, and Speaker Pelosi has argued it's better to have multiple panels investigating all at once. Do you see her argument, or what's what's your case for allowing judiciary to bear more of the burden?
1: Well, at this point, um, the speaker's correct because there are so many different um, fields of problems and criminality that we've encountered that it's taking all hands on deck in all of these committees to collect the evidence. At a certain point, we will have to decide what it all adds up to, and that's where an impeachment inquiry comes in. It gives... Uh, greater discipline and focus to the investigations.
0: The question of politics came up in a Democratic caucus meeting this week, and uh, Speaker Pelosi said she was not thinking about 2020 in deciding whether to go forward with impeachment. What's your take on whether Democrats should consider how impeachment proceedings will play with voters?
1: Well, all of us have sworn an oath of office to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that comes first. Uh, that oath comes above everything. Um, However, the question of impeachment has been reposed in uh, Congress under Article 1 for a reason. If it were purely a question of law, are there high crimes and misdemeanors, and then prosecute, then that would have been in Article 3 in the courts. It would have been purely a judicial question. By placing it with Congress, the framers wanted us to contextualize impeachment along with everything else we have to deal with in They wanted us to have to balance all of these things and also think about the future. So I would say it's a factor. It's definitely not the dominant factor in any way. The overwhelming factor is whether there have been high crimes and misdemeanors and what is the threat to the republic.
0: Is there a danger to our democracy if you did not move forward with impeachment proceedings and high crimes were committed?
1: Well, there's no doubt. History is filled with examples of places where impeachment was warranted. Uh, there's also a danger, obversely, of uh, being trigger-happy and moving too quickly. So, uh, you know, these are difficult constitutional, political, legal, uh, and moral and ethical judgments. Nobody says it's easy. But certainly there are downside risks of um, lowering the bar for future presidencies. I, I believe that this president has converted the presidency into a money-making operation for himself, his friends his business, his family, and it's a terrible precedent to set. And we definitely cannot allow the precedent to be set that presidents can simply pull the plug on all congressional investigations and shut down the fact-finding function of Congress. And yesterday, we hit a dangerous new low when the president said, you know, we thought that we were uh, entertaining discussions about a $2 trillion infrastructure plan, which is badly needed all over the country, Our bridges, our roads, our highway systems, our metro systems, our ports, our airports, everything needs an investment. And we've been trying to fight for this infrastructure plan. And the president said, I'm not going to work on that uh, unless you stop doing all congressional investigations. Obviously, we can't do that. And that's a form of um, unconstitutional uh, executive branch extortionism, which is completely unprecedented in the history of the United States.
0: Now, the Senate, controlled by Republicans seems very unlikely to remove the president from office were the House to begin an impeachment proceeding and impeach President Trump. Does that matter?
1: Well, I, I, I respect, but I may challenge your premise. I mean, um, it's true that uh, so far the Republicans have been acting pretty much in lockstep with the president. I mean, if he wakes up and he says that... Um, you know, the dictator of North Korea is a great guy, then he's a great guy He wakes up and he says, uh, maybe we go to war against him, then maybe we go to war against him. So that sort of cultish behavior, I, I agree with you, has been out there on the House and Senate floors with the Republicans. On the other hand, Representative Justin Amash, a Republican from Michigan, just honorably said we have to act as Americans and not partisans. He read the report and he said there is undoubtedly uh, overwhelming evidence of impeachable offenses there. And don't forget, on the Senate side, you've got a number of people who Donald Trump aggressively assaulted and maligned, people like Ted Cruz, people like Marco Rubio, Mitt Romney. I mean, you know, he's one of them. He's there. I think he said that Ted Cruz's father had uh, assassinated president. Right, right. And, you know, he's insulted people's wives and so on. I think the minute we get into a serious investigation, you will start to see these people peeling away. And already Mitt Romney is beginning to distance himself from Trump, and he knows how wrong uh, the president's behavior and
0: misconduct have been. Does Congressman Justin Amash, that Republican you mentioned who who called for moving forward with impeachment proceedings, does his statement this week uh, put pressure, has it put pressure on Democrats who are on the fence
1: well, but I, no, I think that all of the Democrats certainly who've read the report agreed completely with Justin Amash. I think that um, a number were waiting for the witnesses to show up. And then when Donald Trump said, no, Don McGahn, we're not going to let him testify. And remember, McGahn was the White House counsel who Trump had ordered to fire special counsel Mueller because Trump wanted to end the investigation. Um, and, you know, everybody knows that he uh, ordered Comey, Uh, tried to get Comey to drop the investigation, Michael Flynn. You know, all of these things, you know, all these episodes are recited in the special counsel report. Well, people were going to wait for them to come testify so all Americans could hear it themselves. But Donald Trump's made that impossible by obstructing justice. So Amash went ahead and said it. And now a whole bunch of Democrats are saying, well, of course, they're impeachable offenses that are in the report and if we're not going to be allowed to hear from these people we're just gonna go based on the report now that is what the Republicans did with Bill Clinton they they voted articles of impeachment against Bill Clinton based solely on the Kenneth Starr report they had no fact witnesses come forward they had no testimony so if we've got to do it we can do it we wanted to actually have the witnesses themselves speak but Donald Trump is making that impossible
0: so are you predicting now uh, that impeachment proceedings will occur
1: You know, I I don't know. In some sense, they've already begun because, you know, everyone in our caucus now has recognized that we have very strong evidence of impeachable offenses, and they are mounting on a daily basis. So all of the investigations we do support that essential intuition, which, you know, I think uh, both Speaker Pelosi and Steny Hoyer have said that it's hard to resist the conclusion that impeachable offenses have taken place. And we're seeing this cover up unfolding.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Congressman.
1: Delighted to
0: be with you. You're listening to CQ on Congress. You can find this podcast at RollCall.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm going to turn now to Roll Call's Simone Pathet. So, Simone, you wrote this week that conservative Democrats or Democrats from competitive districts were feeling more open to impeachment than previously. How did? Why did you get that sense?
2: Yeah, so none of them are out actually calling to begin impeachment inquiries right now. They're saying it should still play out in the courts. that they have time, that Congress can exercise its oversight responsibilities without actually taking that step. But They are starting to feel that there might be a moral imperative, um, that this is a unique moment in history, that they know they are going to be judged on how they, as representatives, especially freshmen who were elected in a a kind of a landslide wave election, respond to the crisis of the times.
0: And it's this group that Speaker Pelosi is most concerned about protecting, correct?
2: Yes, yeah. Why, why? so? Yeah, so you have 31 Democrats who are sitting in districts that President Donald Trump won in 2016. These are the people who won the majority for Democrats last fall, and these are the people that need to win re-election if the House is going to maintain control of the majority in 2020. Um, so making sure that these people are responsive to their districts and not just following the will of folks in blue districts like Mr. Raskin is really important for the party.
0: Right. Indeed. I mean, tell us a little bit about Congressman Raskin's district by contrast to some of these others.
2: Yeah. So he represents, as as you said, a suburban area that's much more democratic than, let's say, uh, an Abigail Spanberger who comes from sort of the Richmond suburbs. This is the seat that used to be held by House Freeman Caucus member Dave Bratt. She flipped that seat. Um, Donald Trump won the seat comfortably. Just a very different environment. And, and she made the point to us yesterday that um, she kind of gets annoyed when people suggest that her district somehow does not respect the rule of law that people in these conservative areas are not as interested in in oversight and being a check on the president she definitely thinks that is still really important but the message for a lot of democrats who won in these areas was health care was the economy was sort of these more populist kitchen table issues that helped win over trump voters
0: and not indeed impeachment (laughs)
2: not getting rid of the guy that they supported in 2016.
0: (laughs) And, and there is but there and there is a view among some democrats that Trump may be setting a trap for them, right? You mentioned this in your story.
2: Yeah, yeah, there is sort of the perception that politically this could be good for him, right? Because if it makes it look like that the party is indeed conducting a, quote, witch hunt, um, that that kind of makes him look like the victim, that could rile up the conservative base in much the same way we saw last fall when conservatives were really riled up by the way Democratic senators had gone after Brett Kavanaugh in his confirmation hearings, you know, they, f- they felt threatened by that. Um, and so, so even Bernie Sanders, one of the uh, two dozen practically Democrats running for president, suggested on CNN on Wednesday night that President Trump might actually want Democrats to impeach him because it would be politically advantageous for him heading into 2020.
1: Uh, to be impeached, he may, that it works for him politically. I, I don't know that, but it wouldn't shock me.
0: So that makes it all the more striking, I think, that the Democrats that you talk to in these marginal districts uh, seem to be moving more towards impeachment than they had previously, especially when Speaker Pelosi has been willing to have their back and not go forward with it. She's, she's downplayed it repeatedly.
2: Yeah, I think they're trying to give themselves as much room going forward as they can. That's why you're, you're hearing a lot of them say that, like, they want the courts to deal with it first, and they want that to be kind of the first line of defense before they come out full bore in, in favor of impeachment. Um, but they are definitely leaving the window open more than they were last week.
0: All right, Simone, we'll look forward to your future reports and roll call about this. Thank you. That does it for us today. Please get in touch if you have any questions or comments about our podcast. We'd love to hear from you at cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. Thank you all for joining us, and a special thank you to our producer, Tula Vlahu. You can subscribe to this and our other CQ Roll Call podcasts on iTunes, NPR1, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, please visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall.